Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your host, Tim. And Shannon. It's opinion, fact, information, and your alert system. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. And welcome back to Right Spokane Perspective on this Wednesday episode. You know what comes before Wednesday? Oh, that's right. It's Tuesday. What happens Tuesday, next Tuesday, next Tuesday? Oh, that's right. It's election day. It's the last chance to get your ballots in. Got to have those ballots in by the first Tuesday of November. If you know people that are absolutely crazy, they can turn in their ballots on Wednesday. But all you people out there that want to make a conscious decision on how your government's run, do that Tuesday, November 7th, I believe, is the last day to turn in your ballots. If you still have those ballots in hand, you got to get the job done. But, you know, I think you might know people that still have their ballots in hand because voter turnout for these local elections that are so important. You've got people that are making decisions about your potholes, your property crimes, your policing, and your children. These are important decisions. We should have more voter turnout than we do that vote means a lot. Make sure everyone you know turns out and votes. Go to rightspokaneperspective.com. We've done interviews with lots of candidates. So if people say, I don't want to vote. All I see is those hit pieces in the mail. I don't have any information on who these people are. rightspokaneperspective.com. There's 30-minute interviews with tons of candidates around the region. Get it done. We're going to have another interview today with a school board candidate in Jeff Brooks. It is Jeff Brooks for CVSD.com, and we're going to jump into that interview after some inspiration. Our inspiration today is talking about running the race. The careers of most National Football League players are remarkably brief, just 3.3 years on average, according to Statista.com. Then there's NFL quarterback Tom Brady. In 2021, he began his 22nd season at the age of 44. How? Perhaps his famously rigorous diet and exercise routine have enabled him to maintain his competitive edge. Brady's seven Super Bowl rings have earned him the title of GOAT, greatest of all time in the NFL. But it's a title he never could have achieved apart from letting his single-minded pursuit of football perfection shape everything in his life. The Apostle Paul recognized athletes exhibiting similar discipline in his day. But he also saw that no matter how much they trained, ultimately their glory faded. In contrast, he said, we have an opportunity to live for Jesus in a way that affects eternity. If athletes striving for monetary glory can work so hard at it, Paul implies, how much more should those living for a crown that will last forever? We don't train to earn salvation, rather just the opposite. As we realize how truly wondrous our salvation is, it reshapes our priorities, our perspective, and the very things we live for as each of us faithfully runs our own race of faith in God's strength. Heavenly Father, help us to grow in discipline as a response to your love and not as an attempt to earn something you've already given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, like in the inspiration, you know, we should be looking for the things that are good and upright, not just, uh, you know, monetary return, but we do want a good return on our money and we'd all like to be on a good team. We can't be like Tom Brady and accept all the glory because we know we went to work sometimes for people that made sure there was a good line in front of us protecting us while we did our job. And Tom Brady had that good line. And 
That's what we have to do in elected officials. If we want to have good outcomes in our jobs, in careers, in how many taxes we have to pay, how our money is used, we have to make good decisions on who we elect. Every position counts. President down to dog catcher. And of course, we're talking to Jeff Brooks today, running for Central Valley School Board. And those who are making decisions about our children's education are no less important than the president, in my opinion. I would have to say they're probably one of the most important lines that need to be held. I think so. Mr. Brooks, if people want to go listen to your first interview where you talked about all of your expertise in uh, physical fitness and healthcare and things that you've done in your life, they can listen to that on rightspokaneperspective.com. But I want to talk to you about your campaign and how things have gone. I know that we're in that down and dirty season of politics where all the mailers come out black and white with red splotches. It's the end of the world if you vote for the other guy kind of thing. But those are never true. T- tell us how the campaign trail is going, because I think when you go door to door, you don't see the those kinds of things come out in people. No, actually, it's it's been pretty rare. I've knocked on, I'm going to say, hundreds of doors now in this campaign season, which is something that I never, like, like we talked about before, I had no intentions of running for public office before the first week of May, and yet here I am knocking on doors and, and meeting people from all the way to the Idaho border, Liberty Lake, to Dishman Micah Road, covering the entire district of Central Valley, and I keep hearing the same things over and over. They're, they're frustrated with the curriculum, and quote-unquote, a woman told me in my neighborhood, she says they're purposefully dumbing down the kids with the curriculum. I didn't ask for that. I mean, the things that I've had parents tell me are just mind-blowing. People telling me they're so frustrated that they're just leaving. They're moving to Montana. They're moving to Texas. They're moving to Tennessee. They're moving to where they can actually have some control over their curriculum and control over how their kids are being raised. On one street between Bowdish and Pines Road, I talked to two dads that both told me the same thing. One block apart, they said, as soon as this house is done being remodeled, it's going on the market, and we're moving to Montana. And the other guy said, as soon as we are done with helping my parents, we are out of here. We're moving to Texas. So there are problems. The, re- the only yeah. reason they were moving was because the, the schools. People decide where they want to live based on school districts a lot of times. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. That was their primary reason. They weren't moving to these other states because they wanted to have lower taxes. I mean, that's great. But they were moving there on purpose to put their kids in a school system that was actually going to teach them math. Science, the biologies. I mean, shocking, I know, but that's what... Well, that's a radical idea now. I mean, if you're really going to focus all the funding uh, or most of the funding for education on education and things that matter, not political agendas, that's pretty radical, Jeff. But, you know, I I think what's interesting is that they want to move to another state that spends less on education than we spend. If you just looked at educational spending and you had children, you'd be like, Washington's the place to be. It would be the amazing place to be if we got the return on an investment that they they tell us that they're getting. So thinking about Central Valley in particular, 
this year they spent sixteen thousand something dollars per student. They have fourteen thousand students. Their budget, you do the math, it's roughly sixteen thousand something dollars. Well, the master plan for next year is that they want to pass another levy to add an additional dollar to what they're already charging you. To so they, oh, now I saw something about this in the newspaper about other districts that are asking this year, and I think they were adding like eight cents per thousand on top of the dollar 99 that they're taking. And you're talking about a dollar per day. And I'm, I'm thinking, why are they raising the tax based upon assessment at all? When the assessments have gone crazy, everybody's taxes have gone up because it's on assessment. Yeah, exactly. It seems like they've master planned this. They look at the assessments, the assessment value comes out and, oh, just the perfect time to have a levy based on these new assessments. My house value went up probably 10%. So amazing, my taxes are going to go up. So mm -hmm. if this levy is successful, there will now be plus or minus about $3.40 per $1,000 of assessed values. So our property wow. taxes are going to go up on my house to something close to about $2,400 a year that I'll be paying just to fund the schools. So now go back to the, the basics. If our students were performing at 80 or 90% on standardized testing, I would say, okay, taxes are high, but the schools are great. They're demonstrating proficiency in math and reading, science. We're not seeing it. We haven't seen this for a decade. It's been flat, absolutely flat. I just submitted a direct mailer as well as flyers that I put on people's front doors this weekend showing exactly that. Funding keeps going up and up and up. The budget, $249 million this year, where you look at standardized testing through the Washington State Report Card Office of Superintendent of Public Instruction. Right. It's flat. It's flat. Uh, this year, I just saw the amended report. 55% of students in the Central Valley are meeting English language arts standards. Only 55%. 55%. 44% are meeting the standards in math. 51 have met science standards. So to me, that's an utter and complete fail. Yeah. When I was in school, if you got below 70% on anything, that was an F. I know that there's a lot of things that we'd like to cover here, but people can also go to Jeff Brooks for cvsd.com to get some information because we've only got about three and a half minutes left. So there was, I know there were some specific things you wanted to share. And, and one of them kind of touched me a little bit because my grandmother was a reading teacher for 32 years. And she thinks that, well, for a long time, she says, education is forgot phonics. Education is forgot how to teach children. The principles of reading. That's how I taught my kids to read. <laughs> phonics i taught them that letters have certain sounds and you sound out those letters and you make a word and then you can if you don't know what that word means but you look at it and see okay there's that word across the wall it says trust you know t t t t er tr tr you sound it out and you solve the problem where they're teaching now sight words i should just know and look at that word and say oh that word is trust because i have it memorized well, if you don't have this word memorized, your vocabulary never grows. Yeah. So, well, and they also, like my grandmother's, oh, you cannot point at every word because then you're going to sound like this the rest 
of your life. No, you you put your mark at the side of the page and you read across and you read the, the entire line as a whole, not point out. So we all sound like third grade. They're going to sound like third graders when they're 30, my grandmother always said. That's not where I want to go. No. So no. Uh, I, I want to read something to you here that I, just kind of perfectly dovetailing off of that. I got a letter from a school teacher here about a month ago. He, he went onto my website, send this to me. I taught in CV schools for 28 years. Every year we had low spelling test scores on standardized tests. And so my teaching partner and I decided to try to find a better way to teach spelling. After looking at many different programs, we found a spelling program that was supposed to be aimed at remedial students, but we felt it would work better in the regular mainstream classroom. So we tried it. Our scores after the first year went up dramatically. During the second year, teachers from other schools heard of our success and came to observe our classrooms. Soon after that, an administrator from the administration building came to observe. Not long after that, we received a message. We were to stop using the program immediately. Why, you ask? Because the program we were using was not the approved district curriculum. Whether the students learned to spell better was deemed to be irrelevant. The goal really was not to better student achievement. This is a small example, but I guess that if teachers could be freed up to teach subjects using their own creativity and using methods which work with their students, students could definitely do better. A certain amount of conformity may be necessary, but should give way to, quote, what works with students, unquote. I thought that was an absolutely amazing letter. It's an amazing letter and it's an amazing concept. A lot of people think that teachers you know, spend all this extra time outside of the classroom creating curriculum. And unfortunately, what I saw not very many years ago was just a half a sheet of paper. That was all the homework the child got on math. That was District 81. Amazing District 81 is their failing scores are worse than Central Valley School District. And here's what I would submit to you. We have seen a huge decline in work ethic. Work ethic, when you're doing your homework, when you're learning to read, you are also learning work ethic because you are working at learning those things. Because we are not allowing them to do homework, we are not allowing them, allowing teachers to bring in things that work for the kids. So we'll actually learn those things. We are actually creating a poor work ethic in these kiddos, which is why right now we're seeing young adults that don't want to work. They don't want to work. And high dropout rates. And we're not dropping out. We're just going to take a break. We're going to be right back and we're going to talk more about the education of our children and why you should vote. Again, it's Jeff Brooks, Jeff Brooks for CVSD.com. The Citizens Alliance for Property Rights has published our ratings of 2023 candidates for office in Washington State. Find these on our website at caper.us, C-A-P-R.us. Councilman Arnie Woodard and former state representative and council candidate Rob Chase of the City of Spokane Valley were both rated outstanding property rights advocates. Among those candidates rated good by CAPER are Nadine Woodward, Kim Pleece, Michael Cathcart, Earl Moore, Jessica Yeager, and Erica Lalka. Go to our website for more ratings. That's caper.us, C-A-P-R.us. Tim and Shannon have published their interviews of many candidates on their website. Find those at 
rightspokaneperspective.com. Finally, don't forget to mail in your ballots by November 7th. Good candidates are counting on you to vote. And welcome back to Right Spokane Perspective. We are getting a little bit of an education today from Jeff Brooks, who's running for Central Valley School Board. Again, that's Jeff Brooks for CVSD.com. We kind of went off into the, the break talking about a teacher, a letter from a teacher that they saw that there was spelling inadequacies in the district's outcomes and found a way to, you know, maybe use some old teaching methods that they've moved away from thinking there was a better way, but it turns out that they're not necessarily better ways that obviously these children were learning and then they canceled the program. It's disappointing when you see things like that. And, and it just makes me wonder, uh, as I was thinking about this, do they, the school district, do they get more money when they need more teachers? Do they get more money because these students aren't meeting the standards well, what what happens to teachers? And this is this is me. I'm I know I'm kind of stepping in here. Teachers want to do things that help their students. I think there's a lot of good teachers out there. We have a lot of great teachers out there. I mean, there's some bad ones that take advantage of systems and stuff, and they're not great. But there, I think there's a lot of good teachers. But what happens is the government at the state level who controls the funding create standards they they do this cookie cutter thing this is what you're going to get for curriculum even if it's not effective the outcomes aren't there the teacher says i know there's more effective stuff when i was in college i saw this i'll go research it come back you stay with the same system while if you have students that need help you need remedial courses so if you look at inner cities in the state of washington there's more funding per student in inner cities than there is in rural areas because rural areas they just need to get it done and get back to the farm right get your schooling done let's get back to work in the inner cities the administration says well look we have different cultural conditions we have different socioeconomic conditions and we can make more money on remediation with the system than if we just switch the curriculum to something that these poor kids can learn with yeah, that's that's what I was beginning to wonder in my mind. It's like, why are we having all these uh, remediation programs and these new hot programs that uh, supposedly are supposed to be better than what you and I probably learned with when we were younger? So yeah, there's prob- well, like phonics. That was something I brought phonics. up. I know that's a cut. That's it. I know folks out there. Phonics is not an F word. It starts with a P. Cal- P- just P P H. Yeah, and, and it's it's. It's cutting edge. It, it is cutting edge. And it, and it works. So if you <laughs> want to learn how to works. spell, you sound it out. If you can't look at the word, you use the sounds of the letters, right? Hey, so, guys, did you know that we had electric vehicles back in 1809, too? Yeah, did you know that? we did. I did. Okay, sorry. We did. Yeah, so this is not, uh, phonics is not exactly new. It might be newer than the 1800. Maybe not. I, I think that sounding out words makes sense. But we, we look at education. We look at educational models. Obviously, if we're spending more than ever, we should have better outcomes. We should sound out the word 
budget. Budget. Absolutely to, to people. Right. <laughs> Absolutely right. Yeah. It, if if they get their way next year, they're on track to spend between seventeen thousand six hundred and over eighteen thousand dollars per student wow. in the twenty three twenty four school year. So that's a lot of money. So I'd really truly hope that we would get the amazing results. And if I was to look over here at say Issaquah. Who does, in matter of fact, spend about $17,000 per student? They've got 19,700 students in their district. Well, they're scoring 77% in English language. And I will remind you again that Central Valley scores 55%. They 71% in math. Central Valley's 44%. They're absolutely crushing this. And I'll also say that's still not great. 77% that it's, it's a way C. better than Central Valley. It's, it's a C plus. It's a C plus. Yeah. If we look at things like uh, charter schools in, in Coeur d'Alene costing $7,000 per student. Students are scoring 92% in English language arts. Now, I, now it, we, I don't know that we can talk about this for like the, the younger grades because we're giving letter grades and a lot of the schools are moving away from that. Uh, my kids in middle school. It's just pass or fail. It, it was meets expectations or approaching expectations there was no a b c or d like what we saw when we were in school yeah. so how, oh, it's because they're they're training them to not have a negative result there's never yeah. a negative result yeah. which isn't reality i mean they, they don't want to hurt their feelings and and, and all of that I, I suppose that's what they're doing it for yeah. that's what do you call it the social emotional learning model well right. i'm uh, ready to hurt feelings so i i really want to talk about that cv Spent $16,000 per pupil. This was for 2023. And in English, they were at a 53.9% versus a charter school. Now, it's in Coeur d'Alene, but a charter school that's not far across the border is only spending 7000 per pupil, and they scored a 92% in English. CV and math scored 409 the charter school, 90%. Now, here's an that interesting thing. That is amazing. And you look at that contrast, Shannon, and I think the most amazing thing is people would scream out in an advertisement, but they're not paying their teachers a good enough wage. Well, their teachers are getting a lot better outcome, so maybe we should just... Maybe we should pay less. But the thing is, is that if you pay more, you'd think you'd get more productivity. So maybe it's not a teacher problem. Maybe it's where the money's being put. That and the curriculum itself, the curriculum that they're using. Maybe the cost of the curriculum too. Exactly. I am sure that there are institutions out there that have created curriculums for public schools across the country that are raking in millions by selling their textbooks and all of the study guides that go along with that. Mm -hmm. And every year it's got to change. I remember in college every year, oh my gosh, you couldn't use that physics textbook the next year. I couldn't give that to my junior that could use it because it was, it was changed. The new edition. Uh, the That's new edition. Amazing, yeah. uh, but I, there was a couple of things that I wanted to make sure that we talked about before we run out of time. I was reading about something, a study that NASA did in the sixties and they were looking at uh, the creative mind of kids and they, at five years old, they children demonstrated basically genius levels in creativity, the creative mind. Mm -hmm. And every 10 years, they would track these kids and they were losing 25, 30% of that creative ability. So by the time they get to high school, they virtually have none. 
Which is a, another interesting thing that I've always thought about education models. They say, well, if you want to graduate from high school, you need two years of a foreign language. The best time to teach that is at age seven or 10. How many people actually know a fluent foreign language after two years in high school? Almost none. But if you taught two years in the same amount of time of a foreign language to a 10-year-old, they probably still most of the, know most of the words. Here's a cool story. When I was raising my kids, I read to them every day. That was actually, it was therapy for me, but I, and I loved doing it. But I started reading to them in foreign languages. So I'm reading them nursery rhymes, but they're nursery rhymes in French and Spanish and German and Italian. So they wow. would hear it. I wanted them to hear it. We would drive in the car. We're listening to nursery rhymes or stories in these different foreign languages. Today, they're 25 and 28 years old. They are f fluent in French. Fluent. I mean, wow. they just got back from Europe. They did the Camino de Santiago. That's that 500-mile walk across Spain. So they did that August and September. Fluent in French, they landed in Paris, and then they had to get themselves across. They were nearly fluent in Spanish already, so now they're they're absolutely fluent. And yes, I started reading to them foreign languages at two, three, four. I actually taught when so, they were so in they, first grade. They actually caught on to the concepts of the Latin language. Oh yes, and oh, that's yeah. how that because I, I understand Spanish and French. You can transition those linguistical skills. Fairly easily. They're very easy. Yeah, there is Italian when you're young, too. When you're young, yeah. when you're old, I, at this age and you want me to learn a different language, I'm going to use less words to tell you why not, right? <laughs> and and so the thing is, is that we should take care of those opportunities. And people are going to say, oh, you, you know, depending on the social, economical and everything else, there, you know, children won't, no, wait a minute. You're making a decision about your NASA study, right? People are making a decision about children based upon characteristics that have nothing to do with the child's brain. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so if I have it my way, we're going to have foreign language being taught kindergarten, first, second, third. I want to start it early. Come on. I've, I've been blessed. Okay. Blessed beyond now, belief. Now, now I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to lobby you here, even though I don't live in your school district, I'm going to lobby you teach it to them at the younger ages, but when they're in high school, don't make it a requirement to do something they're not interested in at all. If they love a foreign language when they're 14 or 13 or 10, they're going to continue to pursue that on their own. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If we can start it early and, and help their brains adapt. So I guess where I was going with this was that I've been able to go to Europe uh, I don't, five times over the course of my life. And, and it's incredible to see those people shift from Spanish to English to German to French just like that. You're in a coffee shop, you hear the person behind the coffee shop, and they are just rapid fire, no thought process whatsoever. It's just coming out. And and that's how, when I was watching my kids, and I, I, it's amazing because we started when they were so young. So mm -hmm. we've got to do that. If we start them when they're young, they'll have that love for it. And okay, not every student is going, it's just not going to connect. We learn differently. We learn mm -hmm. by hearing, yeah. we learn by right. seeing, or we learn by doing things with our hands. Well, maybe so. music will be their thing instead, yes. maybe something else, but give them a, a good experience in education. And once they start getting older into those high school years, make sure that they're functional when they become an adult. And we're not doing that. 
No, no, we're not. So that the foreign language training at a young age actually trains both sides of your brain so that they can think. They can think more clearly. They can solve problems. They see the world from a larger perspective because they're using both halves of their brains to so do it. So why did we do it at the wrong time for so long? I am almost sure that probably some school textbook company probably made that arbitrary decision or somebody as a, and a bureaucrat at the federal government or the state level decided, oh, yes, we should do this in high school. It's, but it's amazing to me. You go to foreign countries and much larger percentage of those populations are able to speak another language fluently. I was in Sweden in 2019, and I can tell you their English was better than ours. Um, there's something else that I wanted to talk about uh, really quickly. We sent out this direct mail flyer, 12,000-something flyers went out on Friday. And when I authorized it to go out the printer we were going back and forth and i had two or three people looking at this flyer to make sure it was perfect the digital draft when it came to me on thursday afternoon looked excellent i looked at everything front and back page the spelling was perfect and all of that stuff so i told the printer go go ahead and do it these mailers went out and one of my friends got one and he took a picture and sent it to me and says, it looks great, Jeff. I'm really, I'm excited to see your flyer. Well, I looked at the flyer and I immediately saw two spelling errors and like, how on earth? It was perfect when, when I approved the draft. I don't know what happened. I, I'll, perhaps just the way the computer transposed it from Back digital to uh -huh. paper. Honestly, I just want to apologize to the people that have been supporting me. I tried so hard to make sure that that flyer was perfect. It looked perfect in the digital world, but it didn't come out that way. So I just want to just apologize to everyone that's been so good and so helpful to me. And I just pray for grace and mercy and forgiveness with that. <laughs> Again, folks, if you got your ballots in hand, if you know somebody out there that might have not turned in their ballots, make sure they get those things turned in. We got to do it by November 7th. Jeff Brooks for CVSD.com. Thanks for coming in. We'll see you folks again on Thursday. Thank you. Bye-bye.